hello, 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 Fort Worth. What is up? How's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. My name is Anthony Sosa, and Thomas Moore is here with me today to discuss the results of the election on March 1st and what to expect on the runoffs in May and in the general in November. All of the resources used, as in every episode, will be provided below in the show notes. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues at our website, justicereformleague.net. Feel free to contact us if you have any episode ideas or additional stories you would like us to cover. You can hit us up on Twitter at FWReview, on Instagram at Fort Worth Freedom Review, and through our Gmail, FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. So just real quick before we start the episode, I just want to say thank you again, guys, for joining us. Uh, and unfortunately, we couldn't be here on time last week to kind of get this episode out right after the election happened. Um, but Amber and I moved into a new house, and we didn't have internet for the first few days of that move. So thank you for bearing with us while we kind of get situated in this new, this new environment. Um, today was a really fun episode. Thomas and I had a really good time. We cover a bunch of different stuff, mostly talking about local stuff, but kind of at the end of the podcast, we kind of transition into discussing Ukraine just for a little bit because this invasion between, uh, Russia and Ukraine has been going on for a few weeks now and is pretty much the center of attention in their, our current political zeitgeist. So we spent a little bit of time talking about that. Hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So what were you saying about Tim O'Hare? <laughs> so there's this place called Mercy Culture Church. And I want to say one of these guys ran for like a smaller office, but I might be thinking of a different church. But this guy went and told everyone that like Betsy Price was a communist and she was supported abortion and she hated the police. Just all this fucking like false ass shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And conservatives just ate that shit up, which honestly, if I knew they were that gullible, I'd have slinged them out a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Like I, we, we were texting about that, you know, the day after the election and Betsy didn't <laughs> win. We were, we were, we were pretty much expecting Betsy to win, uh, the, at least the primary, if not the general, um, and nope, it was this Tim O'Hare guy who like we didn't really, you know, we kind of focused on the Democratic candidates. So we didn't spend too much time looking at what this guy had done. The Fort Worth Weekly did a really good write up that I kind of want to talk to or get get to later where they kind of lay out. I think I, I think I just shared it on the episode planning. You may have shared it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really good. It's a really spicy article. I certainly recommend that the listeners like go check this thing out because it's it's a. It's, yeah, it's spicy. So I'll go ahead since we're talking about it. I'll go ahead and read. I'll, I'll go ahead and re read what they read, uh, what they said about Tim. <clears throat> and then if if you're cool with this, Thomas, after after this, I want to actually play some of the, the the smear ads that they that they did for Betsy, because I actually never. Oh, heard. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. OK, I never so, heard him either. So <laughs> uh, so t so according to this Fort Worth Weekly article, uh, 
Tim O'Hare's powerful and well-funded white supremacist movement that recently beat former mayor Betsy, former Fort Worth mayor Betsy Price, now represents a threat to most current county residents' way of life. And yet, seventy-one thousand five hundred and fifty-seven Republicans are apparently okay with installing a homophobic bigot as the head of Tarrant County. So that's kind of like the flavor of the article. Like they're just going out there and just kind of, you know, straight up calling calling things out. He's a uh, been twice impeached and he's been accused of rape by nearly 30 women i didn't know that um jesus christ this guy is like a matron yeah it's pretty like it's kind of amazing that he (laughs) won that he won the campaign uh and even so even the current county judge glenn whitley tweeted out after the election was over I'm very disappointed that a disingenuous attack campaign was successful in Tarrant County, referring to Tim O'Hare's campaign and its slander and the lies that you were just referring to, Thomas, about Betsy, calling her a communist or a Marxist or support supporting BLM, um, which is just not true, like at all. Like we we've extensively kind of talked on this podcast and uh, and even with our interactions during the during the George Floyd protest prior uh she was vehemently against vehemently is that how you say it Vehem- vehement vehement yeah yeah she i was- say vehemently but it's <laughs> it's she, she is not down with the blm all right that is that is not her get her her bag of tea okay no but like tim o'hare i guess was able to convince most republicans that she was which is like where were they at over the past decade plus like she's been here this whole time it's been yeah. very well here's, known here's i love it He's supposed to be a Christian. That's bearing false witness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if the listener is unaware, because like I certainly was, we don't watch TV here. Like, I guess some of these are, uh, ads maybe showed up on YouTube or something, but I imagine these were like playing on commercials after like the news or something on local channels. But there's some pretty, I don't know, direct, you know, smear ads towards Betsy. So, so here's some of those. You can find these on the Tim O'Hare website and the link is... Uh, of course, below in the doobly-doo. Tim O'Hare, the Betsy Price, Fort Worth's progressive mayor, wasted millions on a diversity and inclusion that pushes woke critical race theory propaganda and supported Fort Worth ISD's transgender plan to allow boys into girls' bathrooms. Betsy Price, disqualified to be a Republican. Tim O'Hare, endorsed by President Trump and Ted Cruz to fight CRT radicals and stand up to cancel culture. Tim O'Hare, the conservative choice for Tarrant County Judge. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was, they called her progressive, but I was fucking dead, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Betsy Price. The, she's just a, a pillar of progressivism here in, in Fort Worth. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's it's pretty laughable like it, and, you know this is like obviously an audio format but the, if you go watch these videos like it's it's kind of just like you know how most attack campaign ads are it's like the same formula for all of them where they play <coughs> the scary music and show things in black and white about the person they're they're shitting on and then like oh and then like the happy jingly music you know when uh when they when they talk about tim so here here's another one uh we'll just kind of roll they're all roll, they're all 30 seconds long Tim O'Hare, elections, and cut our property taxes as Tarrant County Judge. 
unlike Betsy Price, who sold out to liberal special interest groups. Raising money for Planned Parenthood, trying to take away gun rights, and siding with CRT radicals. It's a price Tarrant County can't afford. Get it? It's a price. Pretty sure Betsy Price might be able to sue, dude. Like, so, I know, like, there's no free speech thing, but he's he's getting dangerously close to libel territory. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't, it, it's funny because it's, it's a 30 second ad, right? So these are like really vague claims. Like, the, she supported this, and they're like, they're not really offering any evidence. There is links that they like put underneath. And so I, I want to freeze frame it and look at that real quick. <laughs> So for the raising money for Planned Parenthood, they are citing a Facebook post from Stand with Fort Worth. That's not like particularly like a credible <laughs> citation, a Facebook post. Okay. They probably are Stand with Fort Worth. So they're citing a Facebook post that they f***ing made more than likely. So then Continue. We, we got trying to take away gun rights. They cite a Texas Tribune article from 2019. Uh, Betsy Price among bipartisan mayors calling universal background check. So she was for a universal background. Come on, taking away gun rights is apparently background checks. I guess. I guess those are somehow the same thing. Uh, and then siding with CRT radicals. I can't believe I'm defending Betsy Price. This is weird. Uh, <laughs> this is this is really awkward. Yeah. Uh, siding with CRT radicals. Uh, Cliff K L I F. <laughs> website a klif article from 2019 fort worth selects first diversity and inclusion director so i mean the, we could talk about how it's kind of sad that it wasn't until 2019 that fort worth had a diversity and inclusion director but it, but you know somebody had to do it and it was under betsy price so i don't know but i guess i guess just having a director is somehow siding with critical race theory radicals which again just shows like these people don't even know what they're talking about because this like listen, literally doesn't make listen, any sense. Listen, that's a dog whistle, okay? Their problem is that Betsy Price allowed something that might prevent white supremacy yeah, in but, like the smallest way possible. Yeah. And so that's another thing like, the Fort Worth Weekly article goes into is about Tim O'Hare's <laughs> white supremacist, uh, you know, things, dealings, I guess we can say. So yeah, no, you're right. That the mask is off at this point. You know, no pun intended. <laughs> like it's uh we're we're really seeing Fort Worth's true colors here, especially with this guy winning the primary and people essentially buying into this slander. Now there was a lot of money that was back in this too. This wasn't coming from nowhere. This was coming from, you know, uh donors. It, and again, they they cite specifically kind of a, a, where a lot of this stuff is coming from. Um millions of dollars was spent on defaming or defacing uh, Betsy Price. So here's my favorite one. This The music in this one is, is the best. While Betsy Price was mayor of Fort Worth, the price was wrong. She grew government by $600 million, sunk Fort Worth with $3.2 billion more debt, promoted Planned Parenthood, and encouraged Black Lives Matter protesters. That's why conservatives <laughs> are rallying behind Tim O'Hare, including President Trump who just endorsed Tim O'Hare, calling him strong on crime, the borders, and our Second Amendment. Tim O'Hare. And I guess, you know, if you do have an endorsement from Trump, like, that's really all you need to say, right? To just yeah. get a free pass. So but he got Zodiac Killer, too. What, I, what I'm interested in is where did he fun, find that much money that quickly? We're talking about millions. Betsy Price had a fucking war chest, dude. Like, yeah. 
Uh, raise Every more- single campaign, she was over budget or under budget. So here's the deal. And there was like corruption. There's, you know, they broke the law, essentially. The pact did. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think in regards to coordination. So I'm just going to read from the article. Uh, o- O'Hare's okay. campaign raised more than $1 million to fund messages that portrayed black protesters as inherently violent and transgender children as anti-family values. Every press release O'Hare put out was full of lies about price that sought to portray the lifelong Republican as a Marxist. Guess what? It worked. On one anti-price website with ties to Fort Worth's Mercy Culture Church, misrepresented the former mayor as a danger to family values because she dared to take photos with folks in the LGBTQ plus community and also did not parrot transphobic rhetoric from our state leaders and the twice impeached golfer. The homophobic assholes who put together the anti-price website are also cowards. Only Eric Richardson, the treasurer behind the pack that funds the website, is listed on the government disclosure forms. So they only listed one person, uh, the treasurer. That's the only name associated with this organization. Uh, The supporters of the pack overplayed their hands by openly violating Texas Ethics Commission rules that mandate accurate releases of information. Ethics Commission staffers are in possession of formal complaints against the pack. Tarrant County Conservatives, that's the name of the pack, Tarrant County Conservatives, from civic-minded local, from a civic-minded local who asked to remain anonymous. And the website operators will be forced to disclose their funding sources in the near future in accordance with state law. So now they're going to have to, that's the whole thing. If if you don't know, listener, these, these PACs, these political action committees, they became a thing. They became legalized essentially in the 2011 Supreme Court decision, uh, Citizens United. And essentially says, you know, these organizations as a third party can be funded and uh, anonymously. You don't have to name or list your donors. Uh, you do have to name or list like the people running the organization. And there's like specific rules about not being able to coordinate with the campaign. They have to essentially exist separate from the campaign, but can pay for and run political ads on behalf, you know, not on behalf of the campaign, but for the same person, if that makes any sense. So this uh, by not even by breaking this rule, I guess, about not disclosing who who's actually part of the organization, they're now going to have to disclose who their donors are. So this could be interesting because we'll actually get to see where some of this money is coming from. Um, but that's the whole kind of criticism about PACs is that it allows, you know, essentially legalized bribery, you know, billionaires or corporations can, can just dump however much money they want to support or to deride, uh, certain political candidates. And like, we don't even have to know who they are, um, in certain situations. So, yeah, I don't know. So that they got, they got busted. So I don't yeah, know, man. I don't think I don't think much is going to happen to him though, because I feel like no, this is kind of the new guard. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, what? This is this that- is some straight fascism shit. Is what you're about to see? Like they're about to don't expect any Republican held legal institution to actually do their fucking job. So what do you think about that, Thomas? Like, what do you do? You think this is going to bode well for? Um, the part, the Republican party in Fort Worth, like, is it going to be successful? I mean, it, it might, obviously Republicans have been kind of running this place for a while, or do you think it's going to like kind of backfire on them and make maybe centrist Fort Worth voters like re- reconsider? I would love for like all the less than far right voters to get together and get mobilized and vote, vote against this guy. I don't see that happening. Here's what I see happening. Even if they do, I 
foresee maybe some sort of election shenanigans, but more than you normally see, especially with the new uh, voter laws and you know going on, it's going to be a lot easier for them to do that than ever. Um, I see a lot of people with their masks off um, voting for this guy, feeling like he said stuff they've been believing this whole time but been afraid to say. Um, I think what you're going to see is some reprehensible shit, and I think this guy's probably going to unfortunately be the new county judge. As much as I hope this guy steps off a fucking bridge, that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious to see kind of where 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 this will go. You're probably right. He probably is going to become, you know, Deborah Peoples is going to have a tall uphill an uphill battle here, essentially. But I think I mean, he took out Betsy Price pretty easy, and that's not easy to do in her home tariff. Like, yeah. understand something. This is this probably wasn't local money. This was outside money. Yeah, I agree. Because if it was local money, Betsy Price would have had it. That's a good point. Um, I think this is maybe, you know, kind of representative of the Republican Party at a national level where, you know, yeah. the national party is kind of coordinating and picking and choosing races to support. And this one in Fort Worth is a, is an important one. Again, like I just kind of want to reiterate, we've talked about this a lot, but in, in regards to urban centers, right, cities tend to be Democratic. Um, that's just kind of how it works when you've got that many people living together in, in a small area. Uh, the law diverse. Yeah. And especially diversity is a big part of it. Um, they just tend to be, you know, more, more, more for policies that are going to be helping of the people like transit, for instance, as an example. Um, but Fort Worth and Tarrant County is like not one of those places. We're the last place in this, in the country, depending on like how big or how small you want to go city wise. Uh, that is, you know, a red, a dependably red county or, or city. Now, you know, we kind of turned purple, you know, Tarrant County went for Beto and um, went for Biden, you know, in the general, you know, every four year mm -hmm. you know, election. But in, in regards to like the localized stuff, it's still very much like a red place. So it's I, I yeah, I, I don't know. We do have a lot of people moving here, right? Uh, from other places. Yeah, they they may not be used to. <laughs> uh kind of how things have been run around here you know it might it might uh, appear shocking to some people i think so i don't they know show up. is it the 1950s what yeah it can you know so okay on that i will i want to jump ahead real quick i want to come back to the election and kind of talk about some more results but just on that since we're bringing that up uh you posted in, in, in the chat last night that fort worth poa uh tweet or press release that they had put out um Oh, look, look, Manny fucking Ramirez. Yeah. Ugh. So this is kind of back to, you know, us. Uh, is it the 1950s or whatever? Like, how are the police treat? Which I don't know. I guess that's a, that, maybe that's a not the best comparison. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like things things here, mm -hmm. especially in regards to the police department, uh, are run in, in a very old school sort of way. Like what? Uh, do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. Okay. So this is very exciting for me because the uh, before um, this new changing of the guard with the city council and everything happened, um, with the exception of Brian Bird, the entire city council 
accepted donations from the Fort Worth POA. And I can't confirm this right now because I have to look this up. I haven't had time to really go through them all. But essentially what's happened here is uh, they had an opportunity for a federal grant from a... Uh, for more military equipment, essentially. Yeah, for a, specifically for an armored vehicle. Yeah. Hang on, let me just read the, the statement, and then we can talk about it. <clears throat> Press release for immediate uh, release from the Fort Worth Police Officers Association. Three Fort Worth City Council members put politics above police officer safety. On March 8, 2022, during a meeting of the Fort Worth City Council, three council members, Elizabeth Beck, Chris Nettles, and Sherrod Williams, mm-hmm. voted no to accepting U.S. Department of Homeland Security grant that would provide a critical piece of armor equipment designed to keep our Fort Worth police officers safe. Now, hold on. Stop right there. I want to I point out where... So, first of all, our three, you know, we're happy that all three of these people are on the council. Elizabeth Beck, Very. Chris Nettles, and Jared Williams. Uh, that's fantastic. They voted no, and it, it <clears throat> this pissed them off. Like, and you you can tell how mad and entitled <laughs> they are by reading. But I'll let you continue reading this. But like that last sentence really shows you where Fort Worth PD's priorities are. You would think right. you would think it would be the citizens or the people, the residents of Fort Worth should be the ones who need to be kept safe, right? Ideally. That, that mm-hmm. seems to make sense. But here, the way that they word this, this would provide a critical piece of armored equipment designed to keep our Fort Worth police officers safe. We, we, we need that armored vehicle to protect us from the insurgent force of the Fort Worth citizens and residents. Well, we're using military force on, on citizens that may or may not, probably won't actually be appropriate. Um, yeah, sorry. Go, anyway. so go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Acceptance of this federal federal grant would cost the taxpayers of Fort Worth, Tarrant County, zero dollars, and would allow for a more rapid response to the m- most dangerous and complex hostage situations. Situations like the most recent hostage incident that occurred at the Congregation Beit Israel in Carlyville, Texas. <laughs> this guy, as a, an armored vehicle, is is a tool used by highly trained and specially equipped police officers when the threat level against themselves or our citizens is so high that they literally expect bullets to be fired at them. You mean other people might use lethal force? Shocker. This equipment is no different from body armor worn by a patrol officer or a respirator worn by a firefighter. It, it's, it's very different. Yes. It's, it's incredibly different. An ATV is way, very different. They, they already have armored police vehicles. Yeah. In Fort Worth. They've already got them. For the fucking record. Yeah. Like, I remember what our actual budget is, but I think it's in the billions at this point. We've got, I've got, I can pull it up real quick. Keep, sorry, go, continue. Yeah. These armored vehicles have saved the lives of police officers and citizens across the United States. It is a slap in the face to every Fort Worth police officer. Maybe they deserve it. And their family members. Oh, not just the police officers, but their family members for the, these three council members to put politics about the safety of our police officers. All right. I'm just going to stop real quick. They need to shut the fuck up. All right. Like, ladies and gentlemen, this is the P- this is the POA that upon the January 6th insurrection, all right, decided to advertise that they were recruiting and that they had just opened a parlor account. Yeah. Literally as the just being stormed. All right. Also, I just want to reiterate 
Um, and I had to confirm this, but until recently, the Fort Worth POA was the largest political contributor to all but one, actually all but two city council members. And the only reason it's all but two was because one of them was a cheap date and the other one took money before she figured out what it was and that was Anzeta. And to her credit, if you can call it that, she took by far the least amount. I think she took 600 bucks, but she later paid back. Yeah, she paid it back. But, yeah. I think the reason they're so hard on them is because they're not a cheap date and they're they're still a minority, but they're a formidable minority. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So free votes. You win. You win one or two people over. They can actually stop these fuckers. Yeah, I mean, and that's the. So I'm. I wonder who's going to take over after Manny wins his his election because he's running for what is it? Precinct two, precinct four, precinct yeah. four. Um, and he won his primary. So, yeah, I, whoever we get in the Fort Worth POA, you know, it, I, I wonder if they're going to be someone who's as outspoken as Manny. I feel like he's been wanting like a political career for a while and that he's been using. Oh, yeah. Like know. the second uh, the congressional district he was eligible for, the second that dude died of COVID, he was talking about how he was talking about running. And then they decided to have the dude's widow run. And he mm-hmm. graciously, quote unquote, backed out. But That's he's right. this man. As a politician, let's be clear about this. Also, I wonder what's going to happen to his cousin on the Fort Worth Police Officers, uh, to his cousin on the Fort Worth Police Department, who has one of the largest, maybe the largest officer allegation sheet I've ever fucking seen. And that's saying something for Fort Worth. <laughs> like, I didn't, when I went through this initially, I didn't realize this until one of my journalist friends wrote, a, wrote an op on it. And he pointed this out. I was like, holy shit. And then I went back and this guy had uh, also oh so many sexual assault allegations and uh, disciplinary measures for this. Like the fuck. Like the entire department is to keep it in his pants. Like no offense. And we've and we actually covered that. (laughs) Listener, if you're curious about this, uh, one of the first, I don't know, within the first 10 episodes that we did, we, we covered a report. The Sunset Report, Sunset Commission report, and I forget the name uh-huh. of the other one that goes into detail about these things that Thomas is talking about. Uh, and I'll, 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 real quick, since you brought up the budget a second ago, I did I pulled it up when we were when we were working with uh, Enough is Enough. We did we did some budgetary work and kind of helped form the Amber and I the fourteen point uh, thirteen points. And in doing that, we we pulled the city budget off of their website. The city, what I thought was interesting about this is the city offered all sorts of pie charts and graphs and bar, you know, histograms, bar graphs um, for a lot of information, but they did not do that for the budget. They just left the budget as a, as a spreadsheet. And so we had to go in, you know, and create essentially graphs and, and, and so we could look at that and check, check out what the police budget was for 2020. And this is two years ago. Um, the total city budget was, uh, $771 million, almost 772, like 71, 771, 937, 585. That, that was our budget. And of that 34.6% of it, or $267 million goes to the police. Um, 
20 and then the other 20 percent goes to the fire department those are the two biggest that's that's more than half of the budget right there goes to the police and the fire department that's also about the uh the uh same amount that up until recently was ukraine's military budget uh fort worth has less than a million people yep ukraine has 44 million people yep so it's bitten much you think yeah and then of that police budget i think somewhere else we kind of broke it down to see oh yeah here no that's that's not it somewhere on yeah here it is uh we broke it down what specifically was going to no that's not it either okay i don't know i don't want to get lost in this in this spreadsheet rabbit hole but yeah for comparison like how much do we spend on the library <laughs> for instance uh it's three percent um so we get you know 23 million dollars for the library department for um parks and recreation it's just under seven percent or uh you know about 50 mm. 53 million dollars so yeah so i don't know you know i'm not saying we need to get rid of all of 100 percent of the police um but i'm saying we could you know take a lot of that money defund it in the same way that we've defunded ed education over the past 20 years and redistribute that money to i don't know things like education for instance or parks and libraries and, uh, and city services transportation housing you know healthcare, um stuff like that have us be taken care of as citizens rather than essentially us policed like a like we're an insurgent force in a, a u.s occupied country so okay anyway sorry thomas i, I just uh <laughs> didn't mean to go off for a no, second no you're good but... we, need it. we needed that we needed that also um tell y'all another story um so during the protests, there is a firefighter and police memorial in Fort Worth, and someone had spray painted all over ACAP, the police, all this shit, right? Um, don't have confirmation on who that is. May have been the cops, may have been a disgruntled citizen. Hmm. We don't know. But my organization, No Sleep Until Justice, saw this, and we knew exactly what was going to happen. This was going to be used as ammunition. Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of paint protesters in a negative light, which it was. So my organization, uh, along with some other leaders, went and cleaned it up. Um, it was actually uh, Connor, um, one of the VPs in our group, who I think was president at the time, but he moved. Um, it was his idea, but I agree with it because... Um, I believe in fighting systems, not people. You know, I don't believe you yeah. spit on soldiers. These are dead people, you know. 100%. Obviously, not, not the people we're fighting. So we go over to clean that up. Uh, later, we found out that uh, the Fort Worth POA is fundraising office. Like, they were telling people that they needed money to clean it up. But then when people offered to do it for free, they told them no. Uh, come to find out why is because Manny Ramirez had uh, recently formed a super PAC and had been named president and had been using pictures from this incident to fundraise off of to contribute to, to Donald Trump's re-election campaign. There you go. It's a great this use is, of that. The, these are the motherfuckers we're dealing with. Yeah. So, I yeah. 
So let's on, on that point, since he's running for office and won his primary, let's kind of I, I created a hand list. So this may be a little disorganized because it's not it's not another spreadsheet. I didn't I didn't have that much time <laughs> this week, but I kind of did go down and see who who won and then who's going to have some runoffs here in May. Um, so we already kind of discussed Tim O'Hare beating Betsy. Tim's a nut job. There's a bunch of information out there about him. Um, and I hope Deborah Peoples is able to mobile. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't know, just r- real quick on that on Deborah. Like, Amber and I, and most of you, 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 Thomas, were a little more, you know, pro Deborah than even I was. But I, th- yeah. I think at this point, like, it, it's very obvious where it's like, okay, well, that's who. And this, this isn't a Betsy Deborah thing. This is a Tim O'Hare <laughs> versus Deborah, right. th- and it's like, yeah, no, she's she's the person that we need in there, regardless of whatever misgivings. Uh, you know, if you're if you're on the far left, have in regards to her her you know union bust in history and that sort of thing, uh, she's she's the better option. And I think kind of as we go down this list, that's again we're like a DA, same same thing I think. But um, so yeah, on, in regards to the DA, on the Republican side, we're gonna have a runoff between Matt Kraus and Phil Sorrell. Uh, and Matt Kraus. Oh my God. Yeah. Matt Kraus can. Him and Tim O'Hare can both jump off a bridge. All right. Yeah. So if that name sounds familiar, this is the guy who who was as a state rep was was asking all of the school districts to disclose lists of books, whether they had these 850 books that were like pro LGBT or just not not necessarily even, um, you know, but just empowering young people to feel comfortable with who they were. Uh, and whether that be a racial thing or a gender thing or whatever, like books like that uh, were, you know, kind of being put on a quote unquote ban list that made a lot of news. We covered that on the podcast. It's that dude. Uh, so that dude is running for attorney general. Uh, attorney general. No, I'm sorry. District attorney. Forgive me. I was like, wait a minute. That's not right. District attorney here in Tarrant County. So the person who prosecutes on behalf of of the county uh, and, all, and all of those cases, the, the head police officer for Tarrant County, if you want to look at it that way, or a adjudicate. He's not an adjudicator. What, what, what adjudicator? I'm just uh, having fun with the English language today, man. Um, I'm just, I'm just letting you, man. You're doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> so we got that. Phil Sorrell is another like crazy far right Republican guy. You know, both it's, it's like, you know, Either or these would be a disaster, I think, for the county compared to to what we've had going on. And then we've got Tiffany Burks, who won the Democratic primary, which Amber, she was the one who did the research for that. Tiffany Burks was the one Amber liked the least. Uh, we were really hoping for, uh, what was it, John Albert? Robert, oh, I got to pull the spreadsheet up. I don't want to butcher the dude's name. doop a Albert John oh, yeah, Roberts. Going, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm going through some of Chris uh, Nettles' political donations report. I haven't found anything for the four, POA yet, so. Oh, yeah, I, be- I believe that. So so Burks used to be a Republican. It's about 15 years ago, but she used to be a Republican, switched to, switched to Democrat, uh, and it's kind of like you're more moderate Democrat. So, like, we're not going to get a progressive in, in a DA. That's just not going to happen. But obviously. So she's a Joe Manchin. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I, it. If that translates exactly to this position, but yeah, I mean, it's, she's just more for, you know, incremental, gradual change. Um, in regards to policies that, that she was for Amber put, um, she, 
she still she kind of views policing as like a bad apples sort of thing. She doesn't really look at the systemic issues into saying, you know, she supports good officers. Um, mm-hmm. use, she's uh, for safe communities without over policing. She's for partnering with social services to address homelessness. Like that's good, um, reasonable. Um, but what? But you know, not not someone who's going to like change the system in any way. Just kind of maybe like soften it in, in certain circumstances. But anyway, that's still better than having you know these these Matt Krause in there, for instance, who's just going to use it to you know do terrible burn your books. Yeah, exactly. So Deborah, people, learning. We got to stop them. I was so Deborah like handily won her election. She got eighty two point six five percent of the vote, about just shy of like sixty k votes. Yeah. Which, like, again, as normal as every primary election is, the turnout was low. Um, it was, I think, around two hundred thousand people, or about seventeen percent of the registered voters. So that's actually pretty high for for like an election on that level, because normally, like, you get like maybe seven percent. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. You're right. It usually is yeah, on, uh, in the single digits for the most part. So 17%, I guess, would be high. I mean, but a lot of these elections, and by the way, uh, in the doobly-doo below are the results for the Republican candidates and for the Democratic candidates. So, listener, you can go down in there and, like, look at the raw numbers. They have the percentages. They have the vote counts that you can just check for every single race. Um, So I encourage you to go do that. Some of these, you know, were races where 3,000 people showed up or 3,000, you know, 3,000 people showed up in that specific precinct or that specific district that was, you know, for that specific election. But overall, about 200K, which like, yeah, I think you're right, Thomas. This is probably, I'll have to look back uh, at the 2020 primary, but this is probably uh, an increase from that. Um, So we can, I hope that more people continue to be engaged and and continue to engage, you know, in politics go out again in May. We're going to have those runoffs in May and have a couple of local positions in May. Um, Alicia Simmons, uh, beat Ruby Faye Woodridge in the precinct two commissioner primary. So, which was actually pretty cool because that was one of the candidates that we as a podcast supported for, for County commissioner for precinct two. Um, Ruby Faye didn't really have any issues. She was just kind of quoting, saying she had experience. She's the, the Arlington City Council member who's currently, you know, currently sitting on the city council in Arlington. Uh, Ruby Faye lost. And Alicia Simmons, who was pro access to healthcare, pro, as she put it, economic parity, which is important, means economic equality. Uh, she's for affordable housing, improving public safety, equitable criminal justice system, expanded transportation, and unfettered access to voting. So she's going to be the one, you know, that we could hopefully has as a county commissioner when they do the 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 real election rather than the, the, the which is which is hopefully she gets in there because I think I don't think Devin Allen is uh, running for another another no. term on the and it makes me sad. It makes me so fucking sad, dude. Yeah, the uh, the person that she's going to be running against is Andy Nguyen. And I don't, I don't know anything about Andy. We didn't look up at the Republicans, so we'll have to do some research on him before we do, you know, the episode on on the the new race. Yeah. So, did you hear about Kim Paxton? He's going to a runoff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kim Paxton's going to a runoff with uh, George P. Bush. 
G Dub's nephew. Yeah, another bush. We can't. We can't seem to get rid of the bushes. Uh, yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> so I look. Um, so what do you think about this? Did you? Where were you? Were you surprised by this, or what? You, what's your thoughts? No, uh, I kind of saw that happening. Like I kind of saw that that being like the big showdown here. Um, I think that this does illustrate a fight for the soul of the Republican Party. So you have your more mm-hmm. moderate, you know, uh, George P. Bush's, um, your Betsy Prizes, you know, and then you have these, this new far right wave um, where it's not even borderline fascist anymore. They're engaging in it. You know, you got Matt Krause wanting to burn books. You got Tim O'Hare willing to say anything to get elected, even though he's been impeached twice. Um, obviously, you got Trump. I think this is going to be very telling because that's going to tell us where the Republican Party wants to go next. And it's a really dangerously dangerous place. I mean, some of these, the reason I'm talking about national scale here is because obviously, as we talked earlier, there's a lot of national influence right here. Yeah. Um, You got so many Republicans who are coming out in support of Russia right now. And I mean, like, like not even retracting statements in support of Russia. I mean, dead ass calling Ukraine criminals like, a, a, oh, God. Um, North Carolina boy in a wheelchair lied about his service in the military. Uh, the other paraplegic got shoved down a flight of stairs besides Greg Abbott. Uh, super young. Oh, I forgot. Madison, Madison Cawthorn. Yeah. yeah. He came out with that. But that's kind of an example of the kind of rhetoric that they're feeling comfortable saying and they're comfortable saying that there's someone they're resonating with. And that's very troubling. I think what needs to happen is, um, there needs to be a suitable counter to that. I think that's going to be telling this race. Um, I think what might help is a lot of people view Ken Paxton as the guy who failed to make a legal argument strong enough to help, uh, Trump win. So they might vote George P. Bush just because he hasn't failed yet. You know? Yeah. Because they still think they still think the election was rigged or stolen. And they're gonna blame Pink, they blame Kim Paxton because he, he didn't file it right or whatever. That's one of the reasons he's he's running into issues right now. I think I think you're right. Like, and I, I I'm really curious to see kind of where this ends up because like <laughs> if if you ask me and if you like you're saying, if you look at the national level, like the party's already made up its mind in regards to how it like it is this, you know, QAnon <laughs> trend, like this this extremist, very conservative, um, you know, very, you know, we th- we throw the word fascism around, you know, jokingly. But it really is like this ultra nationalism sort of perspective, mm-hmm. you know, perspective. Um, that seems to be where they where they're going. They're really putting their money behind, you know, kind of the Trump era conservative. Yeah. And I, I, like, I'm not to be not to speak facetiously, but this is the GOP is literally reminding me of uh, Nazi Germany before Hitler got there. Yeah. You know, that's it, it's like it that's sucks. what I'm saying. It sucks that that's not like too extreme of a comparison anymore. Like we're to the point where like, yeah, no, you, that's a valid comparison. Um, mm. What 
what I'm concerned about, or I guess what I'm curious to see, like what happens is like, where, where does, uh, the center end up in the Overton window, right? Like if the, if the right is going this far, right, then you would think, okay, well, as a country, we're going to have to go more further, right? Like the center, uh, is going to be pulled to the right. Um, and we've been, the center has been pulled to the right since the 1970s. Like it's been slowly trending that way. And this is because of neoliberalism. This is because yeah. of these pro, you know, market economic policies where we're just really soft on corporations and just kind of like really lax mm. on letting them do stuff. So it's, it's, it's the compromise that the Democrats yeah. made, you know, to, to appeal to the, as they say, the third way, right? The third way. This so is, our, yeah, this our Democrats are the Sorry, center. No, that's fine. I just wanted to make this last point. Like the, the, what, the Democratic Party today was, you know, a centrist party 40 years ago. Um, uh -huh. And f somehow now we think that's a left thing or it's a far left thing. And, and that's not the case. And so we've already been pulled so far right that I don't think centrism anymore is palatable to as many people as it used to be because we've been doing centrism for so long. This is why I scoff at people who use the term left and right in American politics because there is no left and right. If you look at our politics compared to everybody else's, um, you have one kind of centrist and his name is Bernie Sanders. Okay? Exactly, yeah. We would talk it globally. Left because yeah. in all of American politics, we yeah. are vehemently right-wing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so really what you're dealing with is right and far right. Yeah, exactly. And, and Bernie Sanders okay. is that is that centrist. You know, you pick him up and, and put him in, in England or put him, you know, in Germany or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's essentially a You centrist. put him somewhere else, he's basically Joe Manchin. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, yeah, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in comparison to their politics, but I don't think... Yeah, I think it, he feel more comfortable going there because a lot of his stuff isn't radical. It's these other European countries have had for decades to great success. Exactly. Well, I mean, you have real communist parties in those places, right? Like there's a real yeah. communist party that's like really advocating for, for extreme left issues. Like we, there's no voice for that in our country. So like, you know, this, this democratic socialist guy who's just asking for reasonable policies is our extreme left in the United States. And so like bringing it back to, to Ken Paxton, like he's obviously the extreme right. And so I think the Republican Party of Texas, at least some of the people, some of the voters are concerned about that. So if we look at the people who ran against Paxton, we've got the Bush, right? So he's obviously representative of the establishment because he's from the Bush family. Um, we've got Louis Gohmert, who's been the U.S. congressman for District 1 for I don't even know how long, but he's that goofy, you know, good old boy guy who's always saying crazy stuff under the Trump administration. He's running against Paxton or ran against him. He got, Louis Gohmert almost got 20% of the vote. Like Louis, Louis Gohmert himself got a lot. And like George P. Bush arguably could have won if Gohmert wasn't going against him. And then in addition to that, you have Ava Guzman, who I don't know too, very much about, but I know she is very conservative as, as well. She got 18.5% of the vote. So like if we just take the three people that ran against Paxton, Bush, Gohmert, and Guzman, they have about 60% of the vote for that race for the attorney general and Paxton only got 38.9%. So like, I mean, it, I think there's a good chance that he loses uh, his runoff because now those people who voted for Gomert and voted for Guzman, they can't vote for them 
they're, but they're probably not going to vote for Paxton. I think Paxton's going to lose. I hope so. Yeah, it's going to be close. And here's the thing. I think it's actually a good thing Gomer run because I think if you identify with Louis Gomer, you probably don't identify with George P. Bush. So if he, if he hadn't uh, been there, they would have voted for Paxton and we wouldn't have this opportunity to okay. get rid of his bitch ass. Interesting. So you think people who are voting for Gomer. Okay, I can see that because Gomer is red rhetorically mm-hmm. more similar to Paxton, but he's not Paxton, though. But Gomer doesn't have an FBI investigation underneath him. I mean, Paxton's got so many like federal charges that he's dealing with I mean, right now. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Gomer kind of does. You forget it. He's, he's heavily involved. In all- like he wasn't just like one of the dudes that signed the affidavit. He's one of the guys that was like helping to give tours to motherfuckers. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. This guy might be impeached from Congress soon if there is a God, which means he's probably staying. But <laughs> I'm curious. So, yeah, so that's I'm, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on the Paxson race. There's just still, you know, every week there's more stuff that's coming out about him and about the mess of stuff he's doing. Um, kind of on that same note, like <laughs> Abbott's race, um, Abbott won. You know, handily, he got sixty-four percent of his of his, you know, for the governor's race. The only two people who were closest to him were Don Huffines, who got fifteen point seven five percent, and Alan B. West, who got ten point nine percent of the vote. So, like the two of them together is twenty-five percent. That's still not even half of what Abbott got. So, despite the fact that we keep saying Abbott's unpopular and that conservatives are mad at him or maybe they were mad at him. At this point, it seems like most conservatives are still okay with Abbott running the show. Over Beto, yeah. So we got to get Beto's message out there. Like, I think Beto can do the same thing he did for Senate and just can talk with people. I think that's going to help. Um, I hope this time he kind of backs off the whole firearm thing. Now yeah. that I don't think that a lot of what he's saying is accurate. I'm saying that in Texas. Um, that's going to be enough for them to vote against you for life. Yeah, for sure. And he has, he has, said, he said, I'm not going to take your guns away or I'm not coming for your guns or something like that. Some quote along those lines. Uh, so he is trying to distance himself. What I would like to hear more from him on is the legalization of marijuana, because that is on his platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that is one that sells with most Texans and has been polling in Texas. The, the majority, like over 60% for a while now for like over a decade. Yeah. Uh, so if Beto can, you know, so he, he won, I know he had four other contenders in his primary, but Beto won with 93.7%. Like he just destroyed everybody else, Joy Diaz and all the other people who were running against him. Um, so I guess, you know, there's strong support for him on the, on the left here in Texas. Cause I was kind of curious about that. I personally had a bad taste about Beto in my mouth after that presidential run. Um, but mm-hmm. now, you know, now I think we got to look ahead and not behind and say, okay, obviously this is who we want, who we need over fucking Abbott, right? Like that's, that's, this is not, you know, we do not need more of that. Um, no, no, we do not. So we got, so who's left? Okay. There was one thing, uh, and I'll put, there's a Texas monthly article that it will be in the doobie uh, talking about kind of some of the key races. I think they, they look at eight different races across the state. Uh, and one of the ones that they mentioned is that Democratic Socialists, or a couple they mentioned, or Democratic Socialists are running for the House, for the U.S. House, uh, and having success. So, so Jessica Cisneros uh, won, no, didn't win her primary, Ooh. but she has a runoff against Henry Cuellar, a, a Cuellar again. 
So he just barely. Be, so if you don't know, Jessica Cisneros is like the AOC and Bernie Sanders backed candidate. She, she's a justice Democrat. She's been trying to win this district for this will be her second cycle. Uh, she came very close. Or, or is this her third? I feel like she's been working at this for a while. Uh, and Henry Quaylar yeah. has some some you know corruption charges against him. There's an investigation with him in regards to like we we covered this a, 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 about a month ago or something like foreign money to Azerbaijan or something like he's doing some weird stuff internationally. Uh, he's got the FBI raided his house, so I think Quaylar is is vulnerable. Mad, Mad Paxton vibes. Mad Paxton vibes. <laughs> so you know, hopefully Cisneros is able to win her 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 runoff. And then actually be the candidate and likely win her district. I think, if I remember correctly, this is near Laredo. I think their district is South Te it's a South Texas, Texas district. Um, so that'll be cool. And then there's a guy named Greg Caesar who has a district that is like running from Austin to San Antonio, who looks like he's going to like he won his primary and it looks like he's got not going to have any contender or really any strong uh, opponent in the general election. So I don't know much about Greg Caesar, but we'll have to look at him because at just any any social Democrat or, or Democratic social, they say it's it's it bothers me now because Bernie Sanders misused the term Democratic Socialist. If you're if you're a political political science person and you study the political science books, you probably know there's a difference. Yeah. Uh, and so like social Democrat is what Bernie Sanders is. He's not a true socialist mm. because he's not asking for like a post-capitalist society. He's still talking about within the bounds of capitalism. And that is a yeah. social Democrat. But because he said democratic socialist and it had the word socialist in there, I don't know if he was trying to destigmatize it or what, but because he said that now that's like the term that we use for a social Democrat. And so I'm curious if Mr. Greg Caesar, like what he is, I'll have to look into him. Is, is he, you know, is he talking about like you said? Bernie Sanders is a centrist. That's he why is he's a, a centrist. member of the Democratic Socialists of America. Okay, sweet. So he's a DSA member. Well, I am too. Caesar. Yeah. But the, the, I mean, the way I look at this is as someone who's I don't view myself as a Democratic Socialist. Like I'm a I'm a socialist socialist. I'm a libertarian socialist. However, those further left ideas are like are not possible yet in our current political system in our in our current political climate. Like the best we can hope for. Is the is the DSA, the Democratic Socialists, and so like that's why I joined that organization is because like look, these are going to be the closest, most appealing uh, third party organization that is able to actually get stuff done. Like anything further left of this, I don't think is actually going to be possible. Now, if we get a DSA that is like a strong, decent, viable third party, you know, and starts taking over for the Democratic Party, fantastic. Then we can start inching further left and start worrying about more specifically, you know, those of us who are socialists, uh, you know, more means of production taking, if you will. Um, but, you know, it, it, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So the DSA I rob Elon Musk. Sorry. What did I say that out loud? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear anything, but yeah. Okay, great. He's a DSA member. Fantastic. Awesome. So You're I'm sure, one. <laughs> I'm sure I probably at our next meeting, they're probably going to talk about him. Um, okay, cool. So <laughs> mo moving on, uh, we got just a couple of more elections to hit, uh, or races to hit rather, uh, Lieutenant governor, Mike Collier, uh, is going what did I, I didn't I didn't write good notes on this. I guess this is on the Democratic side. I didn't specify. Lieutenant Governor race is going to be a runoff. I don't. I, that's all I got for you guys. I'm sorry. I should I should have written better notes. It's Mike Collier versus Michelle Beckley. 
And if I open my notes and cross-reference the lieutenant governor is. Okay, this is on the Democratic side. So Mike Collier got 41%. Michelle Beckley got 33%. Neither of them were the ones that we were talking about. Like we liked Carla Braley, but she didn't win. She didn't make it, make the cut. So we got between wow. Mike Collier, who wants to fund public schools, fix the grid, is pro women's reproductive rights, fighting for climate change and reform criminal justice. And then we've got Michelle Beckley, who wants to fully fund public schools, free and fair elections, and community values, which is. More and we've got Dan Patrick, who owes Lieutenant Governor Stone Cold from Pennsylvania, yeah, some money. Yeah, and Dan Patrick, I mean, he he won his primary. Like, I didn't even write it down. He he won it. So yeah, if y'all want to know what I'm referencing, uh, Dan Patrick actually uh, let out some of his campaign money. For anyone who could show proof of voter fraud, trying to find, you know, support for Trump and uh, Lieutenant Governor Stone Cold, uh, Scott Tetherman from, uh, say I don't think that's the last name, from Pennsylvania, who's about to be a senator to Stone Cold, um, uh, he found uh, evidence of Trump supporters cheating. It's John Fetterman, I'm sorry. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so now Dan Patrick owes John Federman, Federman money, and he still hasn't paid up. Of course. Of course. So against, yeah, I guess against <laughs> Patrick, we're going to you know have to pick Mike or Michelle, and either of them would, yeah. would be would be really it. We'll, we'll get more into them as we get closer to that runoff. But, and I then, mean, it's not hard to find somebody who's a better lieutenant governor than Dan Patrick. Yeah. That's pretty easy ask and same thing for paxton so there there's going to be a runoff on the democratic side as well for paxton for those who are running against paxton we have a uh, rochelle mercedes garza uh and then uh lee Merritt. so two of the five in the primary uh again saying we were really hoping joe jowarski uh was we would have women he didn't make the cut so rochelle i think has a lot of support um from the party. I remember her stuff looking really clean and expensive. Uh, she's a former ACLU lawyer. So that's good. You know, American Civil Liberties Union is, is legit. Uh, used to work for them. She's pro healthcare, pro voting rights, pro reproductive rights. Uh, Lee Merritt was for public education, voting rights, women's reproductive rights, power grid, uh, mental health, and economic empowerment. So I think either of these seem, seem nice in comparison to Ken Paxton extraordinaire, um, you know, so, so that's hopefully, you know, we can get some, get some Democrats to come out and turn out and get these guys out of office. And again, Paxton's another example of like the worst of the Republican party. And again, we were talking about him maybe being, Oh, hold up. Lee Merritt's not in the, not in the runoff. I don't think. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, cause then. it was, it was down to the wire. I think, they were there was less than fourteen hundred votes between him and somebody else, and I think the other person got slightly more than him. Okay, so it's just, I'm it's just Rochelle right now. Okay, Rochelle, I think had seemed to have the bigger, the bet, the, um, yeah, a cleaner campaign. I, I guess you could say so that that makes sense. Okay, yeah, so it's cool. Rochelle Garza. What you know, the reason there's a lot of confusion is the former mayor of Galveston uh, declared victory. But they will be going to run off with Rochelle Garza. It was supposed to be a three-way, but hmm. Lee Merritt got short. Came short. So 
Interesting. Because I remember, I remember when they were counting it, they were like, we're not going to have results till Monday. So it was, it was damn close, but. Yeah. Yeah. There was actually in a couple, I forgot what's precincts that I read a story about how there was issues with some of the voting machines or staff rather, rather not issues with the machines, but issues with staffing the, the polling places. And so hold up, hold up, hang on. I'm getting mixed messages. Cause now some of us, some of us are saying that they are headed to runoff, that they're not headed to runoff. I, I just assumed I didn't actually read articles on it. I was just looking at the raw numbers and because neither of them got 50%, I assumed, okay, right. She got 32%. He got 28. I was like, the pro that's a runoff. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you, if, if you, if you're seeing stories about it that were written after the election, then those are probably more up to date than just the you know, raw numbers. Let me see this. I thought you had to get a majority, but it might be a plurality that is all you need to win. I thought it was like that way in a two person race. Like if, I don't know. Well, if it's just the party primary that the, the rules are, it's different, different. Okay. Yeah, because each, par each party gets to do their own. Democratic Lee, Democrat Lee Merritt suspends campaign attorney general nine days after election day, clearing path for up. Okay, so he pulled out. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And he endorsed Garza, so that's that's where we're at. There you go. Okay, good. Well, that might that might have uh, that might have been a smart move. Um, just to give her longer time to to get support and name recognition that she needs rather than having another election. Um Yeah. So that's good. So yeah, so that's the current state of things. Like really, to be honest, like it could have been worse. Things could have been worse. We could have seen some of these primaries be, you know, all all like the attorney general's race, which was the one that I think we're the most lukewarm on. Uh, there's, you know, th there's, there's some movement. There's movement on the Republican side of like, I don't know, I guess them trying to save face and try and get some of the worst of these people who are currently in office out of office. Uh, but there's a lot of movement on the Democratic side as well. And we actually are seeing more progressive voices uh, winning their primary spots. So that's that's exciting. We do have these couple of runoffs we're going to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It's going to it's going to be good. What are your thoughts? What are your final thoughts on this? I think right now you have basically four different factions. You have two GOP factions, two Democratic factions. You have the old GOP, who's kind of moderate who is trying to keep sensible things and try and maintain some dignity. You have this new guard that's coming in. That's way, way more authoritarian, way more nationalist, way more fascist than they are. And they are willing to do anything they can to get power. They do not care. They will lie, cheat and steal to get in there. And that is causing a lot of the old guard to either leave or get left um, or acquiesce and join them. You've got a whole bunch of old Democrats who really aren't aware of the problems and are trying to keep things basically as they are trying to fight change. And that's mm -hmm. kind of biting them in the ass. And eventually they're going to try to pretend to be progressive and they're not. You're seeing a little bit of that. You saw that a lot with uh, Biden trying to uh, trying to gravitate towards progressives a little bit but you also see him using them as scapegoats all the time so that's nothing new then you have a new group of progressives who are you know interested in getting you know money out of politics and actually making positive change and not necessarily doing things that that benefit donors and you've got all three of these other groups fighting them 
So I think we're, we're going to end up with a whole bunch of progressives and a whole bunch of fascists uh, fighting it out. <laughs> See, that's what that's I'm. What that's, I think. that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Like in regards to where where are we going to end up? Where's the Overton window going to end up? Because it's like the right is pulling us to the extreme right. The left is pulling us to the extreme left, and, that, and I'm one of the people trying to do that too. And so it's like where mm-hmm. where are we going to do that? You know, where where, where are we actually going to end up? Who's who's going to give? I guess or who's not? Who's going to lose? true center support like the people in america who i think we use the term centrist to to define people that just haven't thought about ideas very much or haven't considered their opinions or their takes on these because they're just not politically active they're not politically engaged a lot of these things are complicated issues um and if if people haven't you know a don't care about it which is a privilege by the way just to have just to be able to not care about some of these things as a privilege but if that's you yeah. like that's not that's not a bad thing there's nothing against you as a person but if that's you like then you know you kind of need some some education in regards to opening your eye your eyes and your mind on how these ideas work how they impact us how they affect our material lived conditions as human beings as citizens uh and then kind of seeing okay this is going to make our society better or our society worse you know once once you kind of have a handle on those things then then you can have an, an, an uh, informed issue yeah but i think there's just a lot of people again this kind of goes back to our education system and the failures you know defunding education for 20 plus years uh you're gonna have people who don't understand a lot of these things also so. just because it's not you today doesn't mean it won't be you tomorrow you know there's that old adage you know First, they came for the socialists, and I didn't speak out. Then they came for the communists, and I did not speak out. Mm-hmm. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out. And then they came for me, and no one was left to speak out. Exactly. Exactly. So we are. And that's another thing. Before just the all the red scare stuff, all of the if I, I you know better red better dead than red type mentality stuff. Now that this Russia Ukraine thing has been going on, it's like you're seeing a lot more of that. And as a, as a history person, it bothers me because a lot of these people that are talking about this stuff have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, and a lot of these people like still think the USSR exists or still think that Russia is a communist country, which it's not, it hasn't been for 30 years. By the way, Russia has been funding money to the GOP for fucking decades yeah i mean yeah and that's and, you know trying to control uh, not control necessarily but to influence elections in other countries is something that like all nations do especially the united states and so i mean we're the best at it we really are like i think we have more cases of that than every yeah. other country in this world combined oh sure i mean that's like literally like what the cia is like for essentially or maybe um, or maybe it's just that rush is better at hiding it than us you know maybe we get involved but we're like really bad about like hiding the fact that we're involved and every other country really is involved in other other nations elections they're just not shit at it yeah yeah and it's like what what what's what's bothering me or what's disheartening to me is like you're just seeing a big rise in um xenophobia you know and, and mm-hmm. against russians right just just because people are a certain nationality or something or they got a russian last name or something like that it's like oh screw them um and it's not to the same extent that you were seeing with muslims after 911 but i think that is an apt comparison because you are just seeing like flagrant at the individual level but also at like the corporate level um with like you know trying to virtual signal and posture certain perspectives like ones that just flat out hurt the russian people or or are racist or not you know i i guess maybe racism isn't the right word but like targeting russian people for the fact that they're russian and saying that you can or can't do this because you're Russian. 
like that's you know xenophobia that's that's anti that's just like saying you're chinese or you're japanese and so you can't do x y or z or you can't do this or that um and america has a long history of doing that but for whatever reason like the fact that these people you know are, are white europeans i don't think it count people i don't think realize that it, they're doing the same thing um and it, i i just kind of hope we can kind of get through that because that's gonna be disappointing to me is like we're just seeing it it's just okay to just shit on russians right now uh and the russian people mm -hmm are are not responsible for what the russian government is doing uh you know and we're nope. we're seeing you know them trying to rise up in their own nation and get you know they're changing all of their laws now to lock them up for 10 or 15 years for doing so so you know i just i i, I want to make it clear like you said earlier i think at the beginning of the podcast thomas you're you're for fighting systems you know and and focus on those things yep. not the individual people we, we need mm -hmm. to be doing the same thing and you know and and in this context as well it's like it's the government it's the russian government it's the ukraine government we can yeah. talk geopolitics or whatever but the people on the ground who are, are kind of held hostage here exactly so both it would be really great you know the only thing i like about old school war is the leaders actually went to war with the people oh yeah well, nowadays you got rich people making poor people fight for their rich interests you yeah. know um modern warfare for sure yeah and for everyone that's saying oh we need no fly war zone you need to understand that means that if russian planes end up in our airspace they get shot down yeah. that is an act of war yeah okay so if you value not going to war with anybody that is what you don't want to do unfortunately exactly um depending on what happens after this whole ukraine situation we might be headed there anyways yeah i'm, I'm not I, trying to scare people no, but I mean, if they go past ukraine that's <clears throat> happening yeah if i mean it's if we still there's a lot that still has to happen but i agree with you um in regards to like we do not need to be asking for a no fly zone right now we do not need to be shooting russian planes out of the sky because as soon as we do that then we are in a world war three situation and thankfully you know as much as biden is not my favorite president by any means but i am glad that he is at least standing firm on that and going like nope we're not we're not doing that like we're not doing but you're right it might not be up to us uh i don't think that's where we're headed. But I didn't think this was going to happen in the first place. My students were asking me like three days before the invasion, like, because, because the, the media was just fear mongering the crap. Like U S sources say U S intelligence says there's going to be an invasion 100%. And I just kept telling them like, it's look at the source. Like it's U S intelligence. Like I was like, I don't trust U S intelligence. They lie all the time. Uh, but in this instance, they were right. There was an invasion that was imminent, imminent and it did happen. Uh, but I didn't think it would. So I hope, I hope I'm right this time. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm not wrong again. Other, but <laughs> other thing, uh, Ukraine's been dealing with this bullshit since 2014. Yeah, like this has been going on the whole time. Essentially been at war with Russia since then. hundred percent. Yeah. And if, yeah, this ever since 2014, this war has, this hasn't stopped. It went in Donetsk and, uh, uh, Luhansk, you know, have been, declared as like you know separate entities individual nations since 2014 and the ukrainian government was going to agree to uh i you know recognize them officially as independent and the the ukrainian parliament just never got around to doing that and so like that is one of the many many there's a ton of different things going on here to cause that that was like why this is happening but that is one of the things that you know there's been there's been fighting and shelling in those territories since 2014 this entire time that never really stopped um but only now is you know we're seeing this i guess the next phase of it or whatever so i really hope i really hope it ends soon i hope this doesn't continue to draw on and yeah. on forever but it's bad 
they just hit a hit a Ukrainian base that's dangerously close to the Poland border, who's a member of NATO. So, yeah, Oof. yeah, Pol- yeah. So I, I know this is this podcast is not about international relations, and so we're not going to regale the listener any, anymore with this. If you are interested in this, right. I do have a podcast to recommend. I highly, highly recommend. It's called American Prestige. And it's by Daniel Bessner, who's one of my favorite historians. He's a he's a historian who's written some pretty awesome books I've purchased but haven't read yet. Uh, he writes for Jacobin. Uh, he was on the Michael Brooks show back when Michael Brooks had his show. Uh, that's kind of how I came across him. Um, but he he knows his stuff for sure. And it's him and another guy. I can't think of the name of the other guy. But I've been listening to that podcast to kind of stay up to date on what's been going on in Ukraine. So if, if listener, if you're interested, check out American Prestige. Um, yeah, got anything else, Thomas? No, I, I think I think we're at a good spot, man. Sweet, awesome. Well, great job this week. Great talking to you, buddy and listener. Thank you for tuning Go. in. And uh, yeah, as always, you know, go hit us up. If you have things to say to us, we're certainly all ears, good or bad. You can hit us up on Twitter at FW Review. You can hit us up on Instagram at Fort Worth Freedom Review. And you can send us an email at our Gmail, FWFreedomReview at gmail.com. So yeah, enjoy. Have a great day. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.